Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talk of Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran, and I'm going to tell you right now, man, I am... I'm excited about today. Happy Wednesday, by the way. I'm recording this Monday night, but dropping this Wednesday. It has been uh, quite a while, man. Uh, Too long since I've had one of these types of episodes. And this is something that used to be uh, a staple of Buffalo Talk Buffalo podcast. This is kind of what we built this show on. And that was getting a chance to talk to someone for the first time and learning more about them beyond just the great work that they do, whether it's in the newsroom, covering the team on the field, whatever it may be. Um, The problem is after doing like 384 of these episodes, especially when it comes to like Buffalo sports media, I've pretty much have talked to everybody already on this show. So when they come back a second or third or fourth time, you know, we always end up talking sports. Not today though. Well, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit of sports, but finally, and it's been a long while, but I got a first-time guest on today, and I'm really excited about it. My guest today is a Buffalo Bills beat reporter over at the Buffalo News. It's her first season covering the Bills, certainly not her first season in in sports media. And she's not only done a great job, I really enjoyed reading her, but I've quickly become a fan, not just for her work, which again, I read, I enjoy very much, but her wit and, and her humor on social media is something to look out for as well. I've talked to plenty of her colleagues who cover the Bills, and they've had nothing but great things to say about her. Again, first time on this show, Catherine Vergero, Buffalo News. What's going on? How you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to have you. Like I said, these are the type of shows that I love doing, and it's not that I intentionally got away from them. It's just that, again, I've talked to most people at this point, and the premise of this type of episode is to give fans a little bit. Of, we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit, and we're going to give fans an opportunity to learn a little bit more about you. Again, beyond just the work that you do. And I'm going to tell you this too, and we kind of talked briefly before uh, we started rolling the tape here. I intentionally by design. So when I have someone out for the first time, I, I usually try to do as much homework as possible. I look up as much about them as I can, learn as much about them as I can ahead of time. So I kind of sort of know what you're going to say. This is not going to be the case today because you're, especially like your younger years, your childhood is completely mysterious to me. Like, I don't know where you're from. I don't know any of your early hobbies, any of that stuff. So along with everyone listening today, I'm, I'm, we're going to, we're going to dive into that. In fact, let's do that right now. Let's start there. Where are you actually from, Catherine? Yeah, so I'm from Baltimore County, Maryland, um, a little north of the city. My parents still live there and family all up and down the East Coast. But um, yeah. When you were young, what what were some of the things that you were into? Were you into sports as a kid? Like, what did you enjoy? I played a lot of sports and really loved them all. Um, Soccer was probably my favorite growing up. And then in high school also did 
cross country and track. Um, the school I went to, it was a really fun team of just, you know, to put yourself through running repeatedly, you kind of have to have that good camaraderie and encouraging people around you. So I liked that a lot more than, you know, running miles and miles <laughs> upon end. Um, but I also, like I danced, I liked watching sports. I really liked watching the Olympics growing up. And I think that's when I started to, in the back of my head, see storytelling as part of sports too, of, you know, behind the scenes stories of Olympians, what got them there, the really personal features. That's what I really started to like a lot. Did you start doing writing? Like by the time you were in high school, were you starting to do some writing? Um, a little, but I took a bit of a winding road to get to sports writing itself. Again, I always liked sports. I liked writing, but hadn't totally put it together yet. I really thought for a while I was going to be a marine biologist. Really? Um, yeah. So I tell people this a lot of how I interned at the aquarium in Baltimore. It was a great experience, but I, my favorite parts of it were talking to the people who came through and telling them about the exhibits, hearing what brought them there, asking them questions and answering what I could. And I didn't really like learning about like fish, fish bone structures, the ecosystem. Like it was all interesting, but not the same way that I liked just communicating with people. Yeah. So that's when I started to be like, okay, maybe go a bit more communications route. And again, had always really liked sports too. So started to be like, okay, this might be what you're going to gravitate towards. Did you as a young kid have any like favorite teams that you like following the most? Um, yeah, I grew up with a bit of a mix. My dad went to Virginia Tech. So watched Virginia Tech football growing up, but then also Maryland men's basketball. Uh, watched a lot of Orioles games when I was little. So I think that, you know, I saw what it was like for a team to be really bad at a young age. <laughs> so I think that's helped me with some past jobs too, of covering teams that have been working through some things. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I was thinking in my mind as you're saying that, I'm like, well, it's a good thing you didn't grow up in Buffalo as a Bills fan over the last 20 years before you know, these last couple of years when they've been fantastic. It was a very long uh, 17 years. Now, I want to talk about college for you. And again, this is actually one of the few things that I did look up. I mean, I can't be completely unprepared. Let's, I mean, <laughs> that's ridiculous. But so let's talk about your college choices. I, I love asking sports media people this question because it, there's always like a various reasons. Like now, originally you went to the College of Charleston, right? But then you went to North Carolina, which is where you're, you graduated from originally, right? You're Tariel. Yeah. I know I know yes, you got sir. your master. You went to Arizona State for a master's after that. But let's start, I guess, at the beginning. Like, why did you choose to go to the College of Charleston? Were there other schools that you wanted to go to right away? Were there other schools that you considered? Like, how did that process play out for you? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think I applied to like 13 schools or something. I had a lot of trouble deciding. Yeah. But and that was kind of when I very, like at the very beginning of my college process was still looking a bit into marine biology, but also wanted a school that had a good either journalism school or communications program. Um, so ended up going to Charleston for that year. It's a beautiful city. I've been back to visit a few times since, keep up with a few people, but just wasn't exactly right. And then actually also did a semester at University of Maryland, 
oh. took a semester off and then did three years at Carolina where um, it kind of all finally came together. But yeah, it was uh, not the most straightforward college path, but. <laughs> I love that. See, there's so many different paths that, that you guys and you girls take to to ultimately get to where you are. Now, there's some people like say Joe Biscali, like he pretty much talked, he was pretty much born to do what he's doing right now. And he knew that. And then you got somebody like Matt Perino, and he's been on the show countless times, but I remember the first time talking to him, he went to UB, he dropped out. And he was a dropout. He didn't even, he didn't even go to school actually for a while. You know, and there's just so many paths to get to ultimately uh, where you get to. Did you kind of feel at a young age? Now, again, you are an accomplished sports writer at this point. You do great work. Did it come like sports writing? Did it, did it come natural to you? Did it come easy? Like for, again, for some people, it just, it's second nature. For some people, they had to really work hard. It just didn't feel natural to them. What was the case with you? I think the storytelling really came more naturally. Um, at Carolina, I actually studied photojournalism. And for a while, I thought I was going to work more sports documentary side. But so much of the actual storytelling overlapped where I really like asking people questions. I like seeing things unfold and kind of getting to observe it and then add context. Um, but I did finally realize I really like writing too. I did creative writing classes. I'm in high school when I could. And I don't know why it didn't crystallize a little bit sooner. I, I liked photography a lot also. So I think that's how I started on the photojournalism track, but eventually was like, oh, writing is, you enjoy this more. So parts like elements were there of again, the storytelling, the getting to know people and then getting to kind of bring their story to a wider audience. I think that was always working and then just kind of figuring out the exact medium to do it through. What led you from going from going to college in North Carolina to, to ultimately Arizona State? Yeah, some of it was just kind of trying to figure things out to be candid. my I had a year in between the two and when I first got out of college, I interned at NFL Films. Um, so I was in their headquarters are in New Jersey, but lived in Philly during that. And it was a seasonal internship where I was working on sports documentaries the whole time. And again, that's what I thought I was going to do for a while. And I, I liked it, but I realized it wasn't exactly what I felt was the best fit for me. And kind of started thinking about grad school a little bit. I knew I wanted to teach one day also, um, and eventually got a chance to teach at Arizona State, which was really fun for a couple semesters. But so kind of applied just as a, let's throw it out and you can decide later, see what happens. Um, ended up getting a scholarship, so it made sense to just go ahead and do it. But it wasn't something I necessarily expected uh, coming out of undergrad. Uh, forget the professional part, forget the career aspect uh, of going out West for any type of schooling. Was it culture shock? You know, you grew up on the East coast basically, and to go out West well, again, taking away the, you know, I, I know you have a career in mind you are, and you're going over options, what, what you might want to do with your life, but just culturally, personally, was it different? You know, I've talked to a lot of people who come from out West who come back to Buffalo which in your case, you're here now, and we'll talk about that in a few. But just like, was was it any kind of culture shock for you to leave and to go all the way out there? The adjustments, these are going to sound weird at first, but it was more, I was always used to living in cities on the water or East Coast cities where 
there's a more built up downtown and stuff like that where Phoenix is so spread out. Um, it's massive, but there's the downtown's just kind of different and it's so hot for so much of the year that you don't see people outside for sometimes when it's just, you don't want to be walking. And so again, that sounds kind of like a small thing, but I think to be living in such a big city that didn't feel bustling in the same way as an East coast city was kind of a, a weird thing to just notice at first. Right. I understand. Now, professionally speaking, I'm, as I, as I look at like your resume, you were at USA today. That's, it's not your first gig, but that's more or less, is that more or less where like your sports writing career really started or your sports journalism career, I should say, really started or was it before that? That's where the focus was most on writing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like NFL films was really cool to be at, but that was still all video and kind of going through footage, um, working on some of their documentaries that they spend like eight months on. But so... So that was in sports journalism, but as far as sports writing, um, USA Today was where I was more like, okay, now you're writing, this feels good. You've figured out as, I don't think I'll ever have it all figured out, but like figured out what made sense for that point. Were you out West or did you come back to Virginia to work at USA Today? Yeah, that was out of their DC, Virginia newsroom. Okay, now in January, 2018, you go out to Arizona again, the Arizona Republic, to cover the Cardinals and the Phoenix Suns, among other things. Yeah. What, all right, let, let's start here. What This is fascinating to me. Like, what led you back out there? Like, how did that opportunity come about for you? What was that process? It was kind of right place, right time. I obviously had been to grad school in Arizona at that point, um, so knew a bit about Phoenix, about Arizona, the teams out there. Um, had a few people that I knew in the newsroom who I could just talk to more about, oh, do you think this will be a good fit? What do you think will make sense? And um, really just, I think the timing worked out and I felt good about a lot of the work I had done that summer. So it just, you know, right place, right time. I always have wanted to cover the NBA. What, what, what was that like to say, even just to some extent, covering the Phoenix Suns, like covering a basketball beat? Obviously, you've you, you've you're excelling out covering a football beat, covering basketball in any capacity. What what was that like? Like, what were some of the biggest uh, similarities and differences? Yeah, so I was kind of covering both teams at once, but just seeing how different their schedules were um, was really interesting. I I like the flow of the NFL season a little more from a reporting standpoint, especially just having more time to pick at features to get to know guys without squishing in so so many games but it was also just really fascinating to see what the suns did over the years i was out there covering them of the first year i was in arizona was when they had 19 wins obviously they went to the nba finals this year and just how they did it what worked what they kind of grew through um i found that really interesting to get to even if i wasn't there every day to get to see over time were you surprised uh that the team ended up becoming an NBA finalist, given what you were around or what you saw, were you surprised that they made it all the way to the finals last year? Yes and no. I watched some really bad basketball. Right, that's why I'm <laughs> um, But I think when you kind of step back and we're like, okay, they, you know, Monty Williams, I really enjoyed getting to hear from him and his approach to the team. He 
like I would leave some of those press conferences and be like, I learned about life today. And that was delightful. And then Chris Paul, you know, seeing what he brought to the team too. So I think when you step back and see how they did it, um, it makes a little more sense. But had you told me when I was watching some of those just rough blowouts that first year, I'd be like, no, I'm not sure this is the team that will be there. So again, yes and no. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we're back. So you're out in Arizona, you're working, and next thing you know, well, people on the inside knew what was coming, but for fans, you know, it was like, what, what, what's going on? Like, how did it come about that you went to Buffalo and, and took a job covering the bills for the Buffalo news? Yeah. Um, wasn't totally on my radar at a certain point in the summer, just because I was so immersed in everything with the NBA finals, but then realized it was out there, um, ended up talking to some different editors here and starting to get a sense of what it would look like. And I think just the way they build a lot around feature reporting and sending people to do things, to do deeper stories, that coverage really stood out to me. Um, and so just talking more and more to different people at the newsroom about how they go about covering the team. I was like, okay, I think this could work. So was it a tough decision to come to Buffalo? I mean, that's again, 
Not saying it's better. I'm not saying it's worse than anywhere else. Every city, every region is is different. There's good and bad no matter where you live. And and I know you know this, but was it a tough decision to to kind of pack up shop and, and come to Western New York? Or once you found out, you know, what the job would entail and, you know, you got your information, was it pretty straightforward and easy for you? I have a lot of trouble making almost every decision. So <laughs> it was for that reason. But I think too, um, you know, it ended up happening pretty close to training camp. I arrived in Buffalo the night before Bill's training camp. So it was at that point of the summer, I kind of was like, okay, like Cardinals are starting up soon. Here's some features I know I want to work on. Here's some stories I can keep building on. So I think that was one of the bigger changes of just, oh, okay. Now I'm going to be getting to know a new team that's that I wasn't expecting to necessarily at that point. And I think too, candidly, moving after that amount of a pandemic was kind of weird too, of just, sure. you know, we were starting to get to do things in Phoenix a bit again and seeing people I hadn't seen in a while and starting to be like, oh, like we're going to restart stuff a bit, but now I'm going to pack up everything and go to a city I've never met anyone in before. So. Right. I was going to ask you this, Catherine, too, because by the time you got to Buffalo, things things are still not normal, not even close. But relatively speaking, compared to what it was like a year ago, and by that way, it is. Now, you were in Arizona when, you know, COVID was the thing. It still is the thing, but things were a lot different then. Was it hard? And I've talked to sports media people. How hard was it to do your job having to do everything like right now you and I what well, we're doing Zencaster but essentially this is the same thing as Zoom this is one thing for me to have a casual conversation with a sports reporter it's another thing when you're trying to do your job and you know you're trying to interview coaches and players and all this stuff to to do your work how difficult how challenging was that for you it was very challenging um i think a lot of it too there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that might not even clearly show up in a story, but it is how you get there of, oh, you know, during open locker room, we had this casual conversation. And so then I could ask these harder questions when I talked to this player a month later. And I think building that rapport goes so much further than someone outside sports media totally would realize. So I think that was hard with getting to know new players. Um, You know, there were guys on the team last year who I had never met in person, but then would just show up in a little box to ask them questions a couple times a week. And I think that's what I'm still figuring out here too, of getting to know an entire new team when it's not the same. I put so much value in building those relationships with people of like, let's actually get to know each other as people and that'll lead to cooler stories. So um, a little slower right now, since it's still not the exact same as pre-COVID. Right, yeah, that totally makes sense. And to your credit, by the way, hopefully this will make you feel good. When you got hired, so I have a relationship with Josh Barnett and I was kind of talking to him privately throughout the process. That's that's why I was saying like I knew and some other people knew what was coming, but fans didn't, okay? That, and that's what I meant. But anyway, when, when I first learned of you, I went and I did my homework and I went on some Arizona message boards and fans were not happy that, and this hopefully makes you feel good. And I, and again, I looked this up myself. Fans were not happy that you were leaving. Oh, thank you. You, you did great I, work. They, they really liked you. I like to try to tell really creative stories when I could. And I, I think I took that as a 
like a challenge and an opportunity during the pandemic of, well, what can I tell that is different than what we all got off this Zoom press conference today? And sometimes that was finding something completely new. Sometimes it was maybe like a heavy dose of sarcasm in a story I wrote or trying to lean into using my voice a bit more, but um, I tried to have fun with it. So appreciate that from all them. Now you mentioned essentially you, you came to Buffalo and you literally jumped right into this job right before yeah. training camp. Was it tough to, uh, it's tough to, to relocate anywhere anytime, but to come here and jump right into the work, did that make it harder? Did it make it maybe in some ways easier? Because it's not like, again, had you come here at the beginning of the summer, you would add all summer to kind of, you know, feel your way around the city and the area and, and see what you enjoy. But like I said, you came here kind of like Marcel Louis Jacques did a couple of years ago when he came from Charlotte. He literally came here right before camp. Matt Perino, kind of the same deal a couple of years ago. You literally jumped right into the job. Does it make it harder or easier? Uh, I think there's pros and cons because I think you, on the one hand, would love to have all that time to do even more research, even more background stuff. And I will say that my coworkers at the Buffalo News helped catch me up to speed in so many ways. So it was really helpful to have that institutional knowledge too of just, oh, if I think of something, I can lean on these guys while I'm, you know, finding an apartment, um, learning how to drive to Orchard Park, things like that. <laughs> um, calling my moving company every day because they took their sweet time. Um, but uh -oh. also, you know, at a certain point of training camp, you're like, okay, let's just get some games going so then we can actually see how this is going to translate to the field. So we can, you know, start actually telling stories based off what's happening versus just all those training camp cliches of like, oh yeah, he's going to, this veteran switched up his routine and he's going to have a breakout year. We, you know, there's so many of those that on the one hand, I was like, oh wow, it's, it's starting. Um, but then once games actually started up, I was definitely just ready for that part of the season. You you mentioned the word cliche and whether it's a question about the Bills, which of course is the team you're, you're covering or, or just general questions. Women who work in sports are always asked the same question. And it's a very fair and legitimate question. So that, that's not what I'm saying. You know, the challenge is having overcome a lot more, which is absolutely factually true. I, my question for you is, do you get, like you do interviews like this, or you're just talking to people, whether it's fans, family, whoever, friends it may be, do you get tired of being asked that same question? Like how much harder is it being, being a woman and working in sports and sports media? Does that, is that like one of those questions, you know, like some athletes probably get asked the same question a million times. Maybe you've asked the, the, the millionth question to that same person. You know what I mean? But being asked that question over and over and over again. Is it a little irritating at times, honestly? Um, I think it varies based off where it feels like it's coming from, where mm -hmm. if it's a bit of a deeper conversation of like, oh, like what still needs to change? What's gotten better? I think that's really important to discuss. And like you said, so legitimate. Um, I think my bigger pet peeves are more if I tell people my job and they're like, oh, do you like sports? Like, <sighs> Yeah, I, I do. Right. Yeah, <laughs> They don't just grab someone from the newsroom and put them on the bills. Um, so I think those are the more surprise is a bit harder to overcome versus those conversations. So 
it kind of varies on where it goes from there. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you for your take on social media. And by the way, I love your social media, at least Twitter <laughs> anyway. I follow you on Twitter. Again, you got some really good witty one-liners. That alone is enough to make me want to follow you. Very entertaining. But <laughs> on one you. hand, so, so Twitter, for an example, and social media as, as a whole, you have an opportunity to connect with your audience. And I'm telling you stuff that you already know. You're connected with your audience on a more personal level. And obviously, when you do write something or you put out a video, whatever it may be, you have that ability to send it out essentially to the world instantly. The second you hit send on that tweet or that send on Facebook. But, and I'm sure you know this as well, there's also a very ugly side to social media, very personal, diabolical side in some ways, which is trolls, man, and mean-ass, nasty people who just, it seems like their only purpose in life is to incite reactions from whether it's celebrities or, or athletes yeah. or people who do a job such as yourself. Like, how do you balance that? I, I've had some riveting conversations with Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News, one of your colleagues on the hockey side, of course, yeah. who sometimes, and, and I, I've said this right to his face, I'm like, dude, sometimes you just need to not go on Twitter or something compared to the way he bounces back or fires back at some people, which, by the way, often is warranted in Mike's defense. But like, what's your take on that? Like, how do you deal and how do you balance social media with having to deal like with trolls and, and idiots out there? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I think I'm always trying to find a better way to balance not being online every hour of the day. Mm -hmm. um, so I think for me, it's more if it's going to like, if something will come out of it. So sometimes if there's a comment that I think maybe I need to clarify what I said, I'll jump in there. Sometimes if someone's just like the worst, an occasional quote tweet if it's necessary, but you know, sometimes it's just people with two followers and a dog picture. And I, I don't know what anyone's getting out of this. If we continue the conversation. It's very, um, it's sad that again, there are people out there with no motive other than just to try to incite reactions from people. It's just, and again, you know, the, the, the more followers you have and, and the bigger your job is, in your case, you are covering a team that people sometimes to an unhealthy extent are, are fans of, of the team. It could get uh, it could get really nasty, really ugly. But I'll tell you what, now Buffalo sports media people, again, you've only been here for a short time and you didn't really get an opportunity to spend personal time with people before having to jump right into your job. Obviously you worked with Jay and Jason at the Buffalo News. I'm sure you've developed relationships with them over the last few months, but just the Buffalo Bills sports media community as a whole, it seems like you are already are fitting in very well. Again, I've spoken with many of them and, and they all adore you. They all love you and they, they all love working with you already. Obviously covering a team is very competitive, you know, with different various outlets, whether it's print, whether it's radio, whatever it may be. But does this appear to you like it? this is a pretty tight knit community in a way? Yeah, I think it's a really friendly beat too, where again, it's competitive, but never in a mean spirited way. It's people want to tell good stories and uncover different angles and stand out. And that's good. I think the more stories we can tell about a team, that's better for everyone. Um, but I was, you know, moving out here, it's a bigger beat just as far as number of people and outlets who are there on a day-to-day -day basis. Sure. Um, 
than the Cardinals. So I knew that was going to be just, you know, more people at press conferences trying to jump in with questions a bit. And I was wondering what it would be like, but it's, it's been really friendly and, and that makes it fun too. when those are the people you're seeing every day for a long season. Do you like going on road trips or if you had your way would the Buffalo Bills play 17 home games? Again, I've talked to a lot of people in the media and obviously some people really love going on the road. They get to go get away for a couple of days and see different sights and, and sounds of different cities. Some people kind of hate to travel. Like where are you at when it comes to that? I like to travel and see new things. Um, it's, you know, a lot of the trips have been a little longer and the night games have had like the weird early morning flights. So I think I just need to do a better job of like, oh, maybe don't do the 6 a.m. flight after a Kansas City night game with a rain delay that like who was planning for that. Yeah, um, but I think just besides smoothing out that part, it's cool to go other places and, you know, see what there is in those cities. I've gotten really good recommendations from people for a few of the trips. Um, so that's been fun. I I like to eat good food, so happy to do it in new places. <laughs> now, for being relatively young, you're, you, you've traveled enough. You know what I mean? Like I said, you grew up where you grew up. You went out to Arizona. You covered the Cardinals. Now you're back in Buffalo, or you are here in Buffalo, I should say. Again, kind of an unfair question because you haven't been in that long and you've been really busy with your job. But from what you've had an opportunity to see for yourself, like, what is it about Buffalo and Western New York that you've really enjoyed the most so far? Yeah, I like how tied people are to the community and kind of how close it is there. And it, I don't know if this will, people will immediately be like, oh, yes, they're so similar. But I do see some parallels with Buffalo and Baltimore of just, you know, the neighborhood feel, how people really gravitate to their cities and defend them, really love them. And so, you know, different in some ways, but that was something I kind of felt when I was coming out here of just people realize there are so many good things about these places that an outsider might not necessarily see right away. And so it kind of fuels that like, well, we love it and we're going to double down on it. And I, I think that's cool to see. Um, like you mentioned, still getting to learn so many new places and parts about Western New York in general. But um, I like that it's so obvious that people love it here. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you said community because I've spent almost my entire life in Buffalo. And then, and again, this is literally the first time, by the way, for everyone listening, Catherine and I have never even had a conversation. So <laughs> as you're listening to this, this is literally our first conversation, which that's really cool. But anyway, I'm sure you don't know this. I've spent most of my life in Buffalo. And then I went to Florida for the last five years. And Florida okay. is beautiful obviously the scenery is great the pine trees the water you know there's so much to love about florida the winters this and that and the other thing but what i always what was missing from florida and i'm talking about on the tampa side but i'm sure it's in all over florida or most places is that community aspect like you said buffalo is so for better or worse man it is so community oriented and in this town if little Billy's having a hockey fundraiser to raise some money for his travel yeah. hockey team, half the neighborhood showing up to that meat raffle or, or fundraiser, whatever it may be. Whereas in a lot of places like Florida, for an example, again, beautiful place, but it seems like everyone lives their own life and it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but everyone just kind of does their own thing. Whereas Buffalo, it's just, it's so much more about community. Like if you live in South Buffalo, you're proud to be in South Buffalo or North Buffalo or, 
or West Seneca, wherever it is that you're from, you're proud of that area for the most part. And you do a lot of community things. So I'm really glad that you said that. Yeah. And it was something that, you know, I was seeing right when I got here, I, I share Wi-Fi with my downstairs neighbor and she'll text me like, you know, have a safe day, like driving to the stadium today on game day, if it's like a lot of traffic and things like that. And, you know, we just met when I started to move in, but it's kind of that taking care of your neighbors and looking out for each other feel that, especially being new to a place is nice to start to see right away. Without being too descriptive, because we don't need any cycles out there getting, getting too much information, but like what area of Western New York did you settle in with getting an apartment? Yeah, I mostly looked around um, Elmwood and Allentown. I like canvassed recommendations from people. And mm-hmm. that was again when people on the beat were really helpful. Um, so ended up around there. Couple more things here. And then we're going to wrap up with, and again, your first time we've never talked before. We're going to do a fun fact finale. I'm going to end up asking you some random questions. that got nothing to do with sports. And we're going to see what pops off the top of your head. But before that, all right, so look, man, we're, we're talking Buffalo here. You're doing your job. You're talking about the community. I know you know this. Buffalo is very well known for wings and, <laughs> and to a lesser extent pizza too. I mean, people have varying opinions on pizza because pizza is excellent in Buffalo, but pizza is excellent in many parts of the country. Let's just be honest here. Sorry, I know that offends some people in Buffalo, but wings, <laughs> wings is a different story. Wings are, I mean, Buffalo is elite for wings and everybody knows that. I'm not sure if if you're a wing person, if you're a wing girl, are you? And if so, have you had the opportunity? Again, limited time here, but have you had an opportunity to get to a couple places and, and enjoy some wings? Oh, yeah. It was one of the first things I did here where I was like, all right, let's get started. Um, we had one of our, like our season planning meeting between Buffalo News people of, oh, like for our big season preview package, like what we we're going to work on. We did that at Barbell. Um, after training camp one day, I went to Duff's once. What, what's been really nice is I've had, you know, a few people, either family or friends come up to visit already, just finally living closer to people on the East Coast. And every time someone comes up, they want to get wings. Um, so I've used that as well for a good opportunity of like, okay, well, I haven't been to this place yet, so we can go together or things like that. So um, still have a lot of places to go since yes, there are so do. many, <laughs> but um, have gotten to go to a couple of the uh, commonly recommended ones. I think like food's the one common thing. Like it don't matter where you're from, what part of the country, don't matter how old you are. Doesn't None of that matters. Like food is always good and every region has something that's great to offer, but Buffalo just seems like it's, it's better than most. It's, it, it really truly is. I can't wait for you to get to, be here a little bit longer and experience some of the other places. All the places you named are all outstanding, but they're like the ones that everyone goes to. Like you're yeah. going to discover some of your own, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I like that way too, of getting to know a place through food. I think it, it tells so much about kind of, you know, again, communities and people there. Um, that was something I, when I took a full-time job in Arizona, I knew I wanted to be somewhere long enough to kind of build community and, feel that because I, between internships, grad school, part-time jobs had been moving a bunch really quickly. Um, I think I had a stretch where the longest over like a three-year period that I lived somewhere was for seven months. And I 
got to do a lot of cool things. I'm so grateful for all that. But I was like, okay, I'd like to be somewhere long enough to learn more about it and to know people. And so um excited to do that in a new place. Yeah. One last question. And then we're going to take one more break and we're going to end with the fun fact finale. I might ask you a couple of Buffalo Bills questions as well. I, I, come on. I can't not at least <laughs> talk a couple of minutes about the Buffalo Bills, but this is the age old question. And, and this is a, again, a question. If you haven't been asked this, I'm sure you're going to be asked over the next several years, many, many, many times, but Hey, it might be helpful to somebody. There might be somebody listening to this podcast right now. Who's considering, you know, a career, what they want to do with their life, somebody young and they want to get going. Like, for anyone out there that might be interested in doing what you're doing, you know, what's the best advice that you can offer them? Yeah. So I actually got to teach um, college sophomores at ASU in an introduction to sports reporting class. And something I always harped on a lot was you should read a lot. Like you'll kind of see more about what kind of stories you like telling um, or whatever medium you think you want to work in, just consume it to start to see like, oh, these are really well-told stories. These are things of how people told about someone's entire life or something that were really effective. And so I think, you know, just reading more, watching more, um, but then being curious too. I think so much what I love, so much of what I love about my job is every day I get to learn something. Um, and that's kind of my approach with questions a lot is, you know, it's information gathering. Sometimes it's more we have to find out about an injury, more logistical things, but just the opportunity to get to learn about people, pick their brains, their lives. Um, I think that's really exciting. And so kind of always keeping that at the forefront of this is cool. And the more curious you are, I think the more fun it becomes. All right. One more quick break. Captain Fitzgerald on the other side, I, I got one Bill's question for you. And then we're going to wrap up with our fun fact finale. Be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. I said I had no Buffalo Bills talk today, but I lied. I, I just got one question. I mean, we're not going to break the team down or anything like that. But so we're taping this Monday. Do you get a sense? And this would just be a sense that this team, based on what happened Sunday in Jacksonville and the way, look, Josh Allen did not play well. The offensive line was what's outright terrible. I mean, it was what I, I, I've been a Bills fan most of my life. That's got to rank among one of the worst performances by the offensive line I've ever seen. Now, granted, two guys are out. Lots of factors, but 
I guess the question that I wanted to ask you is, do you get a sense that Sean McDermott is legitimately concerned right now? That this, Because it's all about the offense. As far as I'm concerned, the defense is great. We know Josh Allen's going to play well if somebody blocks for him. Do you get a sense that Sean McDermott is legitimately concerned about the offensive line, or do you get a feeling that he thinks, you know, that they're going to be able to work out these issues? When we talked to him Monday, what stood out to me was he was saying how the conversations about Sunday's game were truthful and direct. And I think that's kind of, they're not going to sugarcoat anything. It's maybe more the, not like rip someone up and build them back up necessarily. I don't think that's exactly how this team approaches it, but like be very clear about, we can't do this again. This is unacceptable. And so I don't think it's like a crisis mode level of concern, but I think when your emphasis is on direct honesty to people, that's a bit code for just absolutely nothing sugarcoated. And so I think that's the approach coming out of it. Um, I find it interesting coming off the Miami game too, when guys were saying like, sometimes you need a game like this to kind of, you know, to lean on a cliche, like light that fire under you. But when you have a rough game and win, it's not as urgent versus a bit more of a wake up call, what we saw Sunday most certainly. And so I think that's kind of how it'll manifest. Yeah, that's a really good point because, and I'm concerned, this is what concerns me. I thought the Tennessee game on Monday night losing a game that I don't think they deserve to win that game, but I think they should have won that game. I thought that was going to be the wake-up call going into with the bye. And then they did not play very well against Miami, at least in the first half. So I was like, all right, maybe that's a wake-up call. I mean, this has to be. If this isn't a wake-up call, then I don't know what is, Catherine. This has to be the wake-up call now, right? Yeah, I mean, I look at it probably how some of us approach our personal lives, too. Of Like, oh, if I was really shambly trying to get ready for something, but I still made it on time, then I feel like I can keep doing this versus if something doesn't work out, then it's like, oh my gosh, I really have to get it together. And that's, you know, yeah, you can learn a lot from a bad win, but it's not the same urgency. And so I think that's what Sunday's going to do of, I mean, I think they know how bad it was and going to correct that real fast. Do you feel like to me, the worst thing about this loss was when it happened, meaning this, the NFL trade deadline came and went last Tuesday and the Bills didn't make any moves on the offensive line. For whatever reason, they determined that, you know, between Spencer Brown and Feliciano coming back, they felt good enough. I don't know, maybe that's not accurate. I don't know if they felt good enough about Cody Ford, Eichbacher, or putting Darrell Williams back at right tackle when he's been playing guard. For most of the season, I mean, he played really good last year at right tackle, so I don't know what the problem is. But for whatever reason, they didn't make any moves. But you have to feel like if Brandon Bean saw what we all saw, I mean, you don't have to be a general manager. You don't have to be a reporter like yourself. You could just be a fan. And even the, the average fan could see that this offensive line couldn't block anybody against, by the way, Jacksonville, a team that's not good. I feel like if this game would have happened a week before, they they got to make some move, right? They would, don't you think they probably would have made a trade before Tuesday? I agree with you. Watch that game, and certainly not a good performance. I think they maybe still would have been like, okay, this is one game. Is this an outlier? Is this a trend? Where do we go from here? So, I think unless it had been a few weeks ago, it wouldn't have been that drastic of a reaction. But sure. I totally get what you're saying of just like a it just passed and now this. So, yeah. 
it's a fair point. It, something to worry about, though. I mean, again, the off. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried about Josh Allen. I'm not worried about a lot of things, but the offensive line to this point is it, it's worrisome. Um, but it is what it is. We'll see. Anyway, this is how I always. I don't want to say always because it's been such a long time since I've had somebody on and a chance to do this. This is called the fun fact finale, Catherine. And what I'm going to do is ask you a handful of random questions. Not a lot of deep thought required. Like whatever the first answer that pops in your mind, that'll be the answer. And I know you'll, there'll be once or a couple of these where you're going to be like, huh? It'll be hard to think of. Trust me, you're not going to be by yourself. This always happens uh, All right. with, with, with my guests. So you good to go? You ready? Yeah, All let's right. go. Favorite all-time athlete? Oh, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Okay. What's your favorite city that you visited? Visited, like just for a bit. I really like New Orleans. New Orleans. Okay. Who was your first celebrity crush that you can remember? Oh, I'm sure there were ones earlier. Definitely had like a Zac Efron stage, but I feel like there were definitely ones before that. Um, So someone else on (laughs) Disney Channel, surely. All right. Uh, what is your go-to snack? Um, pretzel, thins, and hummus. Okay. What movie have you probably rewatched more than any other movie? Like, what have you seen the most times? Oh, yes. Jurassic Park. Just in case a dinosaur ever comes, I got to be ready. <laughs> Call yourself out here. Like, what is one of your worst habits? Um, overthinking. Overthinking? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I want you to... Name a TV game show that you feel like if you were on it, potentially you could dominate and do well. It could be something current. It could be something past, but a game show where you feel like you you would do well. Um, I think Family Feud. I okay. think also working with my family. I've got some smart siblings and cousins, so we don't play off them a bit too, but I, I think I could get some fun guesses in there. Okay. Last couple here. So instead of doing this via very sketchy internet Zencaster call, like we're, <laughs> like we're doing tonight, let's just say that we uh, were we did this at a bar over some wings, and while we're eating, um, they're doing karaoke. All right, so karaoke's going on, and in this world, at least you're an awesome singer. All right, or at least you think you are anyway. So I I, I talk to you, and I'm like, come on, get up there, and you get up there, you grab the mic. Like, what is a song? that either you know, you're going to rock out or a slow jam, whatever it may be, that's going to get the crowd singing along with you, enjoying what you're doing. Like in your own mind, at least, what's your signature karaoke song? Um, I had a friend who did Roses a lot during college, yeah. and I always thought that was a good one. Okay, that is a good one. Yeah. Um, so if you had never gotten involved, and you sort of hinted at this earlier, so you know, I guess you're kind of confirming this, but if you had never gotten involved in this industry in any fashion or... Let's just say you gave it a shot. You gave it your best and it just wasn't going to work out for whatever reason. What do you think you may be doing with your life right now? Yeah, I don't think marine biology would have worked out either. No? Um, I think it would be fun sometimes, not in this current day, though, to be a flight attendant. Um, Pre-COVID, that probably would have been my answer. Um, But also, I like teaching. So, one of those. Okay, that's that's good. Who is your favorite follow on Twitter? It could either be a person, it could be an organization, somebody that like you really enjoy. Like I said, I like looking at your tweets because you often have a uh, a witty way of, of saying things. Like, so who's somebody that you love following on Twitter? Yeah, that's a good question because I love to follow so many people on Twitter. 
Um, John Paul Brommer is a writer who I like a lot and I think gets some good tweets off too. So at JP Brommer, I think it is. Okay. But. Okay. Last two here. Tell people who are listening a, a fun fact about you, something cool about you that uh, most people might not know. Um, so I worked with a organization that did trips for high school students for a while. So worked in Costa Rica for a bit and worked in Southeast Asia for a while too. Oh, wow. um, so it was really fun. Yeah. What was it like being a, what was it like being overseas like that? Um, well, the time change in Southeast Asia really got to me. And especially that was the year Carolina men's basketball won the national championship. And I got back for the actual final, but I was following a lot of the games over there on a 12 hour time difference. Oh, wow. Um, my Wi-Fi would drop out sometimes during like critical moments. So um, that stands out from a sports perspective, but oh, it was awesome. That's to our earlier points about getting to know places through food. Delightful. Um, <laughs> spent the most time of those countries in Vietnam and I would love to go back and just food tour every day. That sounds really cool. It really does. All right, last mm -hmm. question here. I always end with this same one. You could have three famous celebrities, whatever you want to call them, dinner guests at your dinner table tonight, any era, dead or alive, don't matter who it is, doesn't matter what field it is. Just if you could have any three people that are well-known in this world, past or present, at your house, dinner, couple drinks, conversation, whatever it may be, three people, who would you have? Oh, that is such a good question. Um, and I feel like it comes up enough. I should have better answers or like <laughs> answers prepared. Um, I would like Ed Reed to be there. Okay. I think that would be fun. Um, honestly, actually just from watching, I know it's maybe cursed to speak of Manning cast right now, but I think Marshawn Lynch would be great to have. Um, sure. and then like a, like a Nellie Bly, the journalist, I, that's like a super nerdy answer, but I think it'd be fun to talk to her. It's your, exactly. You're, these, these are your <laughs> answers, man. We, these, these yeah. are about you. Ed Reed, Marshawn Lynch. Nellie Bly. Good stuff. You didn't mess up at <laughs> all. Trifecta, yeah. You, you would almost think I gave you these questions, which by the way, I didn't. So great stuff. All right, everyone, give Catherine a follow on Twitter at KFitz134. This was fun, man. Again, first time Absolutely. ever, first time ever having a conversation with you. I in all seriousness, and I'm not joking, I'm being dead serious. I really am a fan of your work. I I, I think you're doing a wonderful job. I think you are very quickly a great asset to the buffalo sports media community i really truly mean it thank you so much for doing this podcast it was a lot of fun yeah no this was delightful thanks again for all of this all right guys and i will be back brand new episode on friday is casual friday with my man joe yurden talk to you soon